good afternoon, good evening. This is the Love on the Curious Anarchy podcast. Your host, Jermaine G, as myself, and my wonderful co host, Mark W, is with me now. Jermaine, thank you for letting me share a forum with you. It's it's quite a beautiful day when you're around and we're talking about, well, everything. So thank this you. our sacred space. Yep. And it's pretty cool. So today on The Love Triangle, we have three uh, people who we uh, will be reviewing. Um, what's the scenario this time? So we were trying to think of if we had to pass on to generations to come just one footballer from the time that we were conscious around football who would be the person that we'd want to pass on to generations you know if we could have a sort of like a video where they're all their play and to show what kind of what football was like and who was the best example of the game in our lifetime and our lifetime covers over 60 years because between me and Jermaine it's a hundred years, really, if you had it together, but we go back to the 60s. So from the 60s onwards, who was the best professional footballer ever? And we've narrowed it down to the three we are choosing. Now, Jermaine would really like to choose George Weyer. I'd love to bring in Cruyff, George Best. Um, uh, Jermaine was talking about bringing in Ronaldinho. These are great, great players. I mean, don't get it wrong. These are sensational players. And Beppe oh right now... Zidane, fantastic players. Out of this world players. You know, you just haven't been any team. But we've hit on three that we think are even better. We think on three that, that, that would stand the test of the winds of time. So we're going to try and narrow down for our video for the future of football in the year 2000 onwards or before or whatever. So around that period, we're going to narrow it down from Pele, Maradona, and Messi. Say that again. Pele, oh. Maradona, oh. and Messi. Oh. It's much harder for you, Jermaine, because I want to make it a surreal, real situation. Okay. So it's the cup final. Let's call it the World Cup final. Right. 15 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. You're representing England or Jamaica. I'm representing England. We're one nil down with 10 minutes, 15 minutes to go. And we can only bring on one substitution. And it's one of these three players. So what we're going to do, Jermaine and I, is discuss it so that we're going to eliminate one and then second. So we know the player that we probably agree on, who we would bring on. So, Jermaine, do you have any thoughts at all at the moment about the three of them? Um, okay, so <clears throat> in terms of what I know of them, <laughs> um, Maradona, obviously the hand of God. Okay. Obviously an amazing footballer. Um, and his, his personal character was, I think it's, in some way, it's, kind of indicative of that whole sort of genius mentality um, um, there's, there's, a, there's a theme for me where people who are absolutely outstanding in one way seem to have some sort of vice 
on the other. You you have to think of it in terms of, say, for example, if you compare it, say, to a musician, you get the musician, someone like Jay Z, who is just like, does everything to advance his art. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to call him clean living, obviously, but you know what I mean. He's relatively clean living. He's got a relationship. You know, everything is on point compared to someone who's slightly more wild, completely off the cuff, and their art comes from their mad genius. Let's put it like that. So that's the two contrasts of how people evolve their art to the finest they can get it. Now you have to remember the one thing we're going to say about all three of the people we're going to talk about, and if we just talk about the other ones, they were all immensely popular and famous at a very young age. Now, I have this discussion with so many people during the lockdown and before. Can you remember what you were like at 19? What decisions you made in those years? That looking back now, you think, did I, did I do that? Did, sorry, did I do that? Because, I mean, so many adults, parents today, even grandparents today, that, that have no recollection of the, what their mindset was in those days. Because now they're mature and sensible and they've been through life and, they, and they're sad and they don't want to make mistakes. But at the time, it was a time of trying to understand the world around you. Now, I can say all three of them came out of relative poverty and started to show signs of genius at a very young age. Very young age. And that's both the path to celebrity and, and, and financial gain, but it's also the path to immense pressures. You know, I'm trying to think of, you know, like someone like um, Ariana Grande or someone, being that famous, that young, what the pressures would be on you. Yeah. How you would hold it together or would you hold it together? I know a lot of musicians that have disappeared once they became famous because they didn't like the lifestyle. You can't do that if you're the best footballer in the world. You just can't do that. I mean, I, I think of the torment I see in, in the personality of uh, Christian Ronaldo is immense. This guy is like, whatever he does, can you imagine being him just kind of popping into KFC? Whatever he does, it's like headline news, ever he does. Whatever he does, this guy's got to be... It would be headline news if he was popping into KFC, that's for sure. That's my point. That's my point. I mean, how insane is that? You know, there's people listening all over the world and they do silly things like they don't have a smoke or anything he does like that at all gets headlined. He must be so stressed. It's unbelievable. And then every single match depends on him. And he's not even our top three. He should be, but he's not in our top three. Now, I'm going to start off with, with uh, Pele. I won't go into his whole long name because he has a nice long one, but I think you covered it in a pod we did, so I'm not going to go into it again. Yeah, um, Pele started playing on literally on waste grounds in, in the favelas that they lived in in Brazil. And I think it was until he was about 16 that he played barefoot. So he didn't even have shoes. And they would play initially with stones. And what happened was, there was a gang of lads, him and a gang of lads, playing every day. And eventually they formed into a team, a local team. And they were so good, they started beating teams who had full kit with, with boots and everything. And they were beating them barefoot. To the point that eventually they got a sponsor from their town because they were that good. 
And I, I think you can look it up, but I'm pretty certain at least two, if not three, of the team actually end up playing for Brazil. So they came all the way from their little barrio, their little neighbourhood that they were in. And three of them actually played for Brazil on the national team. And I can't think of many examples of that, to be honest with you. Wow. Now, I read uh, Pelé's book, and he was talking about when he started becoming a footballer, a professional footballer, when he was signed by Santos. And at the time, Santos were not a good team. He, he turned them into one of the best teams in Brazil. And his mate, him and his mates, I should say, sorry. Um, when he signed for them, he signed in the backdrop of the immense shame in Brazil that they had lost the first World Cup. I've got a feeling it was 1952. It was in Uruguay. And they reached the final and they were 100% certain they would win it. And I'm not being funny, but the nation was in mourning for four years that they could not believe that they did not win the World Cup. Because Brazilians always consider themselves to be the best footballers in the world. You know, and they just could not accept that they had, were not going to win this. They lost, I think, something like 4-2 in the final. And the shame, he said, so when he started playing and he was invited to, I think it was the 58 final he was invited. That was his first World Cup final. And he tore it apart. He was like 19 and he tore it apart. He was the player of the tournament. He, he was sensational. He, he literally won Brazil the Cup himself. And he said, the, the reason why I did that is the memory of the, the pain around everyone I knew that they hadn't won that final. He went, he went to win, I think it was three World Cup finals. And he missed out on at least one where he was literally kicked off the park. The only way they could stop him was to kick him off the park. I mean, I'm not being funny. Today you say that, I'll kick the guy off, but they literally did kick him. I think it was the 66 one, the one that went England one. But he didn't appear in it because he was literally kicked off the park. Um, he was he was a stocky player, fast, stocky. He could jump really well, so he was great at headers and things. And he was he pretty much in a flawless game. Um, and so he was almost unplayable. So literally kicking him light with George Best was the only option you had to stop him. That was the only way you could guarantee you'd stop him, is kicking him. Then we move on to Maradona. Maradona, again, grew up in townships, played for... I can't remember who he played for in, in Argentina. I can't remember if it was Boca Juniors or not. I can't remember who he played. Anyway, he played for a team there, and then he, he eventually... He, he started uh, becoming well-known, played in the World Cup. Now, that World Cup that people talk about, he won two World Cup finals. Uh, representing Argentina. I remember the second one, he literally dragged him and uh, there was a blonde haired guy, Caggio or something, Caligio. The two of them virtually won it, just a pair of them through the whole tournament. They weren't favourites. They weren't even expecting to get to the final and they won the tournament by literally winning every game, those two. <laughs> but before that, in the final that everyone remembers, the one where they beat England in that very famous game, the hand of God, everyone talks about the hand of God. But what they don't talk about is that England lost that game, I think it was 3-1. And the third goal was a match-winning goal anyway. He beat virtually the whole English defence. So you can say, OK, it's not a fair goal, don't count it. But, but, the, but the one that won it was just sensational. You, won't, you don't see games like You don't see players in top tournaments scoring goals like that. Because you know, people often say, oh, they can't do it in a big game. He did it in the biggest game ever, playing against England. <laughs> now, you have to understand... On the world stage. You have to understand what England means, Argentinians. Right? 
This was after the Falklands War. You know, they had been humiliated by the British Army in, in the Falklands. And then they humiliated the British. Uh, right. See, if he had pulled, it was. If he, he'd have been happy just to score that goal with his hand, simply to say, look, where's one back at you? The little man wins. Yeah. But to score a goal that beats the whole of the team, he would never be forgotten for that. Now, when the downfall of Maradona was when he went to Italy. He went to Italy. Was I can't remember. Sorry, my memory's going today. I've had a funny morning. So I think it was Napoli he went to. I can't remember where he went. I think it was Napoli. Yeah, he played for Napoli. Yeah. So he was taking right. Napoli. At the time, Napoli were, Napoli were on the verge of being uh, relegated from the... the um, right. Is it Serie A? Come on. Serie A. Serie A. He was on the verge... Of, they were on the verge of being relegated. And in one okay. season... He kept them up, and the following season they won the league. I mean, that's insane. You just don't, that doesn't happen. I mean, the only time we could say here is Leicester City, but I, you know, people yeah. forget that Leicester City got a huge investment a couple of years before that all happened. You know, a big uh, guy came involved, a uh, Thai guy got involved, and put lots of money into the team. So it wasn't like they, it was complete surprise. And they were on the verge of the top. You know, they they knew to get relegated, but they were always. A, a hard team to play. Uh, Napoli were terrible, and he brought them within two years to win the the, 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 the league. Wow. However, wow. however, in that time he was courted by Italian mobsters in that town. Right. Like he didn't have to pay for anything. He got everything he wanted. Uh, he was taken everywhere. He was paraded like a trophy himself. <laughs> And when they went on to win that World Cup final, which was the second one, they beat Italy in the semi-final. And a lot of Italians saw that as a stab in the back. You know, he's playing in their country. And to actually beat them, not Italy out of the... You know, Italy, they're obsessive with football. And to knock Italy out in the semi was ridiculous. Weren't expected to win it. And then to be beating Maradona to be celebrating everything, it was too much for them to take. So when he came back to Italy, he was given a really hard time but also in that period he got heavily into drugs because like I said he could have anything he wanted and you know you go to parties and there's cocaine and everything lying everywhere there's alcohol everywhere and he tried to live a good life that he'd never had because he'd been a, a trained professional athlete and it just went bad from there basically but to give him credit when it finished and sorry the same thing with Pele as well when they finished playing they have stayed loyal to the game. He's been involved with Argentina, he, you know, until he died. He was, you know, he was yeah. involved on every. Yeah, with with his team, Boca Juniors, and with the, the nation, he was involved all the way through. And there's a wonderful little a film. Real ambassador. Oh, absolutely. And there's a wonderful little film if you get to see it called um, "In the Hands of the Gods," where these four or five lads from England try to busk by playing football. They do their football keepy uppy skills. They want to raise the money to get to Argentina to actually do that with Maradona. It's a wonderful little film. So it's a documentary. Uh, it actually, the whole thing happened. The, the mystery of the film is, did they get to meet him at the end? <laughs> I all that for people listening in. If you want to see it, in the hands of the gods, have a look. It's a great film. Um, he even befriended people like Fidel Castro. He was an immensely open-minded guy, given every the way that he'd been treated through his life incredible and very family orientated 
amazing guy, really amazing. I mean, can you imagine how good he would have been without all the vices? Um, they used to talk about Tony Adams, who was the England captain and Arsenal captain. He won loads of things with Arsenal, but people often say, well, imagine what he'd have been like if he hadn't been an alcoholic from 16 to, to 30. You know, he, he was drinking five, six times a week, waking up three days after a drinking beach. Can you imagine what a player he'd have been if he hadn't been doing that? Because he won stuff doing that, if you know what I mean. And it's the same with Maradona. Can you imagine what he would have done and been if he hadn't have done that? But he was still one of the most gifted, talented footballers of both feet. Sensational. Arguably the best player ever to come out of Argentina. Until Lionel Messi. Which is our third tour. Lionel Messi was told he would never play football. He was too small. And when he joined Barcelona, because the, the, tri- the tide had turned by then, so younger players were being brought from South America at a younger age to try and, instead of waiting until they become, you know, good enough and bring them then, they were bringing them at young, younger ages. So as a teenager, as a teenager in, in Barcelona, he was told he'd never play. And, they, and Barcelona actually paid and waited for him to have surgery so that he could, his bones could be strong enough to play football. And what a great decision that was when you look back. Oh, I mean, absolutely. they could have just said, go back to Argentina. What a decision. You know, he has been their most successful player without a shadow of a doubt. And they've had some amazing players. I said to you on another podcast we did that they built their team around superstars so that every time they get one superstar and build the whole team around him. So they've had Cruyff and they've had Ronaldinho. They've had great Ronaldo. They've had great players, but Messi, he just he just topped a lot of them. And the guy has done... just to pick up on something that I've just noticed here. Um, <clears throat> whereas Maradona played for about six or seven different teams, he played for Boca Juniors mm-hmm. twice mm-hmm. at the start and then at the end of his career. Um, they both played for Newell's Old Boys. Yes, in Argentina. Yeah. Um, they're an Argentine sports club based in Rosario, which is where Lionel you know, Messi was actually born. Yeah. Uh, founded in November 1903 and is named after Isaac Newell of the English county of Kent, uh-huh. one of the pioneers of Argentine football. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of links. There's a team in, in Brazil called Corinthians and they mm, yeah. were set up by a uh, uh, based on a model of an English club called Old Corinthians, who were famous in England as being the only amateur football team at the time. So they copied the wow. spirit. And they were invited on the 100th universe, uh, centenary to come and put the Old Corinthians from, from England, were, who are an amateur team, were invited to go to Brazil and play in Corinthians in their stadium. And there's actually a film about that on a uh, documentary done where they actually went down there. It was great. The other thing that you may or may not know is that... Um, the Brazil national team came to play in Exeter City, who are a Division Two team in England, on their hundredth anniversary, because Exeter went. Uh, Exeter invited Brazil to play when they came to England in Exeter City, because they weren't recognised as the team they are today. Only would have been like uh, around the 19, beginning of the 1900s. So on the anniversary, they came to play in Exeter City, who are a ground that holds about 3,000. 
to say thank you for inviting us the first time when we, when we, you know, when you help set us up. So there is that tradition goes back a long, long way. And it's why they have an affection for coming to Europe as well in the first place, like a lot of these players, along with the, the you know, the window that is the Champions League and everything. So you can be seen uh, performing your skills on a world stage, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say as well, um, on the note of Maradona having played for a number of teams, um, Messi has literally played for the same team throughout his senior career. Well, this is a this is a big bone of contention because right now, the question is, will he stay there to the end of his career? Because a lot of mm. teams are coming in with offers for him because Barcelona, the, the actual management of Barcelona has gone through a bit of a rough patch in the last couple of years. And the question was, will he stay or not? And that is still up in the air. But you're right, since a child, he's repaid the faith they had in him by staying with them all that time. And let's not be kidding ourselves, he could have gone anywhere he wanted. I mean, there's no doubt about it at all. One only has to look at Ronaldo going to Juventus and uh, uh, what's the, I've got the chap's name, the young Brazilian man who went to uh, Paris Saint-Germain, um, Neymar. You know, Neymar went, it was like an open auction across the whole of Europe. Him and Mbappé. Real Madrid. No, they went. They went to. He went to. He started. Neymar went to Barcelona, but didn't want to stay, and then right. compete with Messi. And he went to Paris Saint Germain in in France, and he's now with playing alongside Mbappé. And last night they went to Bayern Munich and beat them three two at their ground in the semi final, quarter final, whatever of the Champions League. But he's a young player. Um, Messi, who stayed all that time with that one club. Mm. Now, you've got to say, I think Pele stayed with Santos all of his career. I can't. The only time he left, I remember, was when he went to America. I don't remember him playing in Europe. You could check that out, but I don't remember him playing in Europe. Uh, yeah, he's, he was with Santos. And then uh, 75, New York, New York. Yeah. So he was loyal to his club as well. You know, he helped build Santos from what they were and he stayed with them the whole time. So it's only Maradona that left. And to be honest, given his age and his skill, he was always going to have to leave because it was it was like a world auction for him. Um, and the money he brought to Argentinian football was immense because you got to remember, they were, financially, they weren't on the same level as the European game. So that brought a lot of money to his club. So we've got to start eliminating now, Jimmy. We can't just break, guys. Yeah, we're gonna to have to do. A... Well, that that was exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, can we just end it there? <laughs> no, uh, we need. To... Oh well, wow! Remember, this is scenario: ten minutes play. to go, you're losing one 0 World Cup final, and we're gonna bring on. We can only bring on one player, so we're gonna to to start eliminating. So the first of all, let's get down to two players. So let's eliminate one. So I'm going to give you a choice to say who okay. you would eliminate first of all. Just before I, I go <laughs> into this, what's going to happen next? Because if we can only bring on one, is that the player that we're So what we're doing is we eliminate one now. So we've got two on the bench and there's only one we can bring on. So we have to literally decide which one we bring on. Okay. And we have to Is this person coming to the next round or...? Is this person coming through to the next round? What do you mean? 
the person that we pick. No, now. the person we're picking now is the one we're eliminating. Oh, so right. we've got to get it down right. to two. So well, we've got two left on the bench. Um, so it's Messi, Pele, Correct. and Maradona. Oh, um, your choice and your reasoning. You know what? I would get rid of Messi. And your reasoning? Messi has to run. Um, I think in terms of legacy, yep. he doesn't really have that at okay. the moment. Like, amazing player, but he hasn't, you know, we're not talking about Messi Ten years from now, when he's 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 not okay. playing, um, I'm sure well, he sure will be, be. But at this very moment in time, he okay. doesn't have that for me. But I think the other two, Pele and Maradona, very clearly have that. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna use that. I mean, just to say, just to slightly argue with you, he does have a legacy, in as much as he's probably won the Champions League as much as anyone. You know, yeah. so so. So he has got that kind of legacy, and obviously he's won the Spanish League, and he's won the Player of the Year, the Golden Boot, whatever it's called these days. You know, he's won all of those things. So he has got a legacy, but I know I understand totally oh, what you mean. Oh yeah, did you know um, George Weah is the only player from Africa that's won the Ballon d'Or? I did know that. Yeah, but I didn't mention that in the uh, the other part. Well, you have now, so that's fine. Let's, uh, let's the same yeah, there we go. <laughs> Just thought I'd get Yeah, that. I mean, I'm going to agree with you, but for a different reason, to be honest. Um, okay. So when great, I was a, a youngster, the way we used to evaluate the best players in the world was they had to have won a World Cup. And I think you'll find that both Pele and Maradona have won at least two World Cups. Um, to, to be the player that drives your country to win a World Cup is sensational. I mean, let's not take away from what they've done as individuals in their own particular rights, playing for their clubs. But to win a World Cup twice, I mean, there aren't many players that can say they've done that. There really are. You think about how many teams have struggled. I mean, like France have won it twice, but it's been only since 1998. I mean, Italy have won it about three times, but again, not the same player in the same team. Uh, you know, England have won it once. It's really difficult to win a World Cup. Germany have won it the most in Europe. And again, they haven't really had players that have, like, you can't say there's a player that's won it twice for them. I mean, I remember the great Gerd Muller, but he didn't win two for them. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone listening out there, if you think I'm wrong, I don't remember any of that happening. Now, I can name you two players from South America who've won two World Cups. Generally speaking, being the, the man of the tournament in both tournaments. So they have to come forward. Before we... No, okay, so we'll let Messi go. But before we decide on the player we're going to bring on, I just want to say one thing. When I went to Brazil, a lot of Brazilians told me there was a player better than Pelé in the Brazil team. Mm-hmm. But... Second? I, I can't remember his name. Something like Garincho, I can't remember his name now, but um, he he had a car crash and turned to alcohol. So unfortunately, but like he was on one World Cup team with Pele, but then he could get huh? Gerson. It might be it's a Gerson. Ah, uh, uh, Jay. No, no, not Jairzinho. I know Jairzinho. No, no, no. This was before Jairzinho. Earlier on, okay. it was like in the early days of Pele playing for the for the Brazil in the World Cup. 
Carincha, that's Carincha. Now he reckoned Carincha was a better player, but unfortunately he had a car crash and his career went downhill. So it's just wow. it's really difficult to imagine a player better than play, but you know Brazilians will all tell you that. Now, what, what, yeah. what are you saying, man? <laughs> okay, so fine, fine. But anyway, we're down to two. I suppose it's kind of like that that story with um, Michael Jordan. No, he, exactly. he wasn't actually that great. In fact, I think it was yeah, his brother yeah. that was better than him. And then something happened, and yeah. uh, he just it's got just his head down. weird when you have when you um, think about that. You know the, the way fate has moved life. That there was a player actually better than someone we think of as the best player. So imagine if we tennis or run. Imagine yeah. Usain Bolt had a, someone in Jamaica who was faster than him. And it's like, wow, can you imagine? I just yeah. can't imagine that. It's like we spent our whole decade looking at this guy beating everyone. And you're saying, what, there's someone faster? Well, <laughs> so it's the same with that, I bet you there I, is. I bet you there is someone faster. I don't know. You somewhere. get these people in, in all sports, boxing and running, who beat them when they were 16. And that's not the same because they're not fully <laughs> developed. So, you know, you can get... It's like someone who said they knocked down Anti Joshua when they were sparring back in 15 years ago. It's like, yeah, all right, that's cool, but, you know, yeah. come and do it now. Yeah. Then we're talking. Yeah. Talking about 15 years ago, um, Sean Wright Phillips beat me and Paul. So, yeah, yeah, let him try that. Claim to fame. Um, <laughs> the point I was trying to make was that um, we're going to now have to decide between the two, arguably the two best players the world has ever seen. And then you're 1-0 down. Wow. You want to win the World Cup. You're 1-0 down. Need to change the shape of the game now. Who are you bringing on? So who are you putting forward as the best player in the world? Now, for the record, Jermaine is sighing loudly on the podcast. <laughs> it's a tough one. Oh it's my god. Beyond the so tough, tough one, it's way, um, way beyond that. It's like if I said to you, who's your favourite singer of all time? Right? You can have one person. It's that that's beyond the tough question. Way beyond. Yeah. It's, it, it really depends exactly. on how I feel on the day. So how time. do you feel on the day? It's ten, <laughs> 10 minutes left um, in the match. Come on, Jamaica, we can win this. Hold on, we're making a substitution. Um, I think... Oh, hold on, ref. We're going to bring on... Yeah, I'm just oh. telling you who you're bringing on. Who are you bringing on? Pele. Oh, wow. Uh, let's have a go over to Mark in a parallel game for the World Cup. England, 1-0 down, 10 minutes to go. Mark, who are you bringing on? Ref, make the sub. Oh, Ref, <whistles> subbing. Who are you bringing on? Pele. So I'm just getting through on my monitor. I'm getting a monitor. It's 93rd minute of the World Cup final. Jamaica 2 Argentina won. Wow, they, they've pulled it around. They're one nil down. They've won two one. <laughs> Who scored the goal? The winning goal? Pele? He's Jamaican? Irish. Okay, that's fine. What about the England game? Yeah, 2 1 to England. They've beaten Germany 2 1 in the final. Uh, Harry Kane got the first. Who got this? And Pele got the winner. Thank you. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much. So there you go. We've agreed and Jermaine and I agree on so little but we've actually agreed on the player we were for. 
I can't believe it. I I'm actually cannot that, believe we it. We had a agreed long discussion about what we would do. I, I actually cannot believe it. Um, thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. That's been a, a really good episode of the Love Triangle today. Um, thank you to the Curious yeah, yeah, Podcast listeners. Thank you to those of you who are tuning in to our bite week, bi-weekly series of the Love Triangle. Um, we'll have more Oh, there's a lot of fun coming up Love very soon, so stay, stay listening. There's a lot of fun coming up soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also, if you can, please give us a follow at underscore Curious Anarchy. And also at, un, uh, sorry, at T-L-W-T-A, the long walk sorry, to just awakening. So... That will, there, over there will be uh, detailing the... Uh, Jermaine, just for the oldies like me, can you journey. just, all that stuff you just said, how do they do that? What do they have to do? Right. Get yourself a Twitter uh, account. And, and on Instagram, Instagram they, can, they can like us on Instagram or something like that, can they? Yeah, you can like, follow, you can comment, you can share, uh, and offer Brilliant. your support. Okay, thank support. you, Joanne, because that makes it a lot easier, because obviously it's harder when you just say things like that, and some of us don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This this is why, you know, it, it's yeah, great to have absolutely. diversity, that we can cater to all, all aspects <laughs> of audiences. Um, wonderful. I just wanted to quickly note as well that we, this week, have entered the market of Mexico, Mexico, and this week. So really pleased with that. I'm saying hello languages to people. It's 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 we we are now truly global. We have I think we have listeners on every Asia. Uh, no, we don't have any Asian countries. We've got Turkey. It's the border between Europe and Asia, isn't um, it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be uh, hopefully breaking through the Turkish border. The Silk Road. Yeah, that's good. Thank um, you very much. Guys, be have safe a good out morning, there. good afternoon, good evening. Thank you. And good night.